You're listening to an Economy Matters podcast produced by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. The Federal Open Market Committee concluded a two-day meeting earlier today. The pace of job today. growth has been strong. Downside risks to the outlook for the, the number economy. of Fed officials. The shadow banking system is large. We've come a long way since the darkest day of the financial crisis. Welcome to another monthly Economy Matters podcast. I'm Charles Davidson, staff writer with Economy Matters. And today we're visiting with two of the Atlanta Fed's research economists, Tao Zah and Patrick Higgins. Tao is executive director of the Center for Quantitative Economic Research, and Pat is an associate policy advisor and economist. Pat, Tao, welcome. Thank welcome. you. We're going to talk today about uh, research on China's economy that Tao, Pat, and another of our economists at the Atlanta Fed, Dan Wagner, have been conducting. Among other work, they have built an ongoing series of data on China's macroeconomy and devised a tool to forecast GDP growth and inflation in China. So, uh, so guys, let's, let's jump into that. First off, why is the Atlanta Fed interested in China's economy? And what are, what are the broad objectives of this research that, uh, that you guys are conducting? The Atlanta Fed is interested in China's economy because uh, obviously China has been the second largest economy in the world and moving towards uh, the largest one and some, sometime down the road in the future. So it's uh, an economic situations and, uh, and its policy will have uh, profound uh, implications uh, for, for other countries especially for the U.S. So that's why Atlanta Fed is interested, or as anyone should be interested. And the broad objectives of this research is for us to understand China in a much deeper way, in the sense that uh, quantitative analysis of, of their economies uh, and pulse, and how that will impact uh, uh, the U.S. policymaking. And uh, that's the our broad objective. And one of the important uh, ones is that we really want to do our best job to quantify the interactions between uh, China's economy and the rest of the world. I would add to that a lot of the importance is trying to build a data set that's kind of comparable to the United States in terms of their macroeconomic aggregates. And then comparing a lot of uh, analysis of China hasn't done sort of business cycle analysis like it's done with developed economies. So we want to introduce that, that sort of analysis as well. Well, guys, I know you all have devised a tool to forecast GDP growth and inflation in China, and that tool uh, appears to be more accurate than others that are out there. Is this one of the more important milestones from this work thus far? And uh, are there other key findings or accomplishments of this research program? Yeah, I think one key finding for the paper we found was uh, the the models actually did not not as well as professional forecasters in forecasting China's uh, real GDP growth, uh, but they did better or at least as well as forecasting their inflation. And I think our hypothesis was that the models obviously not going to know sort of the announced GDP growth targets like pri- private forecasters will. So if if China says it wants to hit six and a half to seven percent growth, uh, it's been able to do that and professional forecasters are going to know that. Uh, but for inflation, the government has a lot less control over that. It's a, less able to hit, hit that target and the model does a pretty good job of forecasting that. Now, why is that important to us? Why, why do we, we want to know more about that? Well, I mean, I think in terms of world growth, China is responsible for about 
35 to 40% of world, world GDP growth, whereas the U.S. is responsible for about 20% or less. So the big driver of the world economy in terms of growth is China. So if world growth is important for U.S. growth, knowing how fast China is going to grow is really important. Well, what are, any, any other surprises or, or I should say, are there surprises that you guys have, uh, have discovered about China's economy? Anything you didn't expect to find? One of the most important uh, discoveries we found is that policy in China plays a very, very important role because a lot of people are talking about productivity matters, innovation matters. Yes, yeah, I mean, undoubt, undoubtedly, those factors matters too. But we found that the, the, the particular policy environment the Chinese government has been adopting is uh, very, very important. For example, one of the policies they have is trying to steer the economy moving towards more investment. So their credit policy, monetary policy is all trying to coordinate in such a way to move the economy towards more investment-driven economy. And in those kind of policy initiatives, and it really matters for, for, for China's growth in addition to productivity and innovation. What are some of the keys to China's rapid economic growth? We've all heard a lot about the explosive growth of the Chinese economy. Pat, you referenced that earlier. And, and it's slowed more recently. And what are, what are some of the reasons for that? Yeah, one thing is their industrial sector is slow, as sort of the world economy is slowed and there's less demand for, for Chinese goods. Their, their industrial sector has slowed down quite a bit. In terms of what investment was responsible for a lot of their growth from 2000, about 2000 or so to 2011 or 12, and that's that's fallen off quite a bit. So they've been transitioning more to a service sector and cons- consumer-driven economy, and that transitions. Uh, there's been some slowing in their growth in that that transition. Tao, anything to add there? So, and I would just add, and I'll agree with Pat, and I would add that. Uh, n- all what has happened, as Pat pointed out, is really a deliberate policy initiatives because the Chinese government wanted to have a more investment because they know that's a driving engine. This is uh, in addition to innovations and productivity because they just want to add physical capital stock, building infrastructures, you know, and produce steels and uh, ships and real estate. So their whole goal is rapid economic growth depend on investment. And the Chinese uh, people are willing to save to support that kind of investment. A, a sort of very general question here. To what extent does the Chinese government still control the economy? I mean, it's still largely a planned economy. Is that is that correct, Hal? Or is that too broad a statement? I think the planned part is quite uh, is quite substantial, and I would call that uh, the heavy hand of government. And uh, that that hand is quite heavy because they, if you really think about it, the the, the four largest bank, which is very important to channel the credit. To the to 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 the non-financial sector for China's growth, and are owned by the government, and other large commercial banks are heavily influenced by the government as well. 
So if you think about it, I mean that's that's a big chunk of the and, and the finance and controlled by the government, including the telecommunications and other heavy industries. So I don't see there's any let up of of government uh, and continue and and, and influence the, the economy or, or planning the economy as as you said, and every year the National People's uh, Congress uh, meet to discuss what the plan should be, and uh, and all the local government officials have to uh, sign up on that. And so this is a it's a big effort for them to continue that path. So even down the road, there will be more liberalizations of financial markets. Market probably play more roles in that. I don't think it's like in the U.S. I think China will continue to have the heavy influence from the government or plant, uh, the plant element there will be there for quite some time. Well, you may have just answered this question to a degree, but if there were a couple of data points or or maybe just broad truths that Americans who are interested in economics should know about China as a as a global economic player. What would you point to? Yeah, the Chinese economy is about 60 percent to two-thirds as large as the U.S. I guess by even purchasing power parity standards, which is what the, the World Bank, they, they put that together where you value uh, how many goods you could actually buy, value those equivalently. They're actually slightly larger than the U.S. But if they grow at the rate they're continuing to grow at, they would catch the, the United States in about 10 to 15 years or so. But on per, per capita terms, they're still only about a seventh as large as the United States. So they're still a relatively poor country. Right. That reflects our basically what we call standard of living. Sure. Often when, when in, the, in the popular press, the media, uh, general conversation, there seems to be a fair bit of hand-wringing about China's growing economic strength and influence uh, vis-a-vis the U.S. especially. Should Americans worry about China being a, a, a stronger economy? Yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Uh, they're certainly an important economy. But I, I think most people, at least for policymakers, if you're looking at short-run fluctuations, a big slowdown in Chinese growth wouldn't necessarily be good for the U.S. economy. So roughly a quarter of our our imports are from China and about 10 percent of our exports are to China. And those shares have been growing by multiples over the past 15 years. So uh, there, there's definitely some integration between our economies that wouldn't be good in the short run if they slowed down dramatically, certainly. Right. So our interests are aligned in, in, in some important ways. Sure. Well, where, where, do you, uh, where do you guys see your work on China headed? What's, uh, what's to come? There are many important work ahead. And data, of course, we're going to continue to work on data, as Pat pointed out. And that's very important. And I think it's a good uh, public service for people to, to make effort to make the data more transparent and more standard for us to really understand China's economy. And beyond that, I think one of the vacuum of the research on China is, uh, is talking about uh, an, an, an Chinese government policy and how that policy affect the Chinese economy and also the, the rest of the world. And uh, there's a lot of research done by productivities and innovations, more on the, on the micro level. 
but macro level has been a、uh, has been a very scarce in terms of、uh, in terms of research output. So that's where we are heading for. You know, we wanted to see you know how how you know how policies works, and either they change and move to new policies. Or they want to have existing policies, but under different、uh, different fundamentals, a different environment. And no matter what situation would be, it'd be very important to、uh, to analyze those policies. And the Chinese government actually need that advice too, because they they want to know that if they want to conduct some different policies, what the impact would be, and they would like to know、uh, more research product pro- products in that area. Well, how much research like this is going on in China? They have a lot of research in there in in Chinese journals, and、uh, the the volume is tremendous, and many discussions on on China and on policy issues as well. But what's lacking is uh, is uh, more rigorous empirical work and quantify. And the effects and the precision and then the the the, and the rigor is and are what we are required here for. So the policymakers in China are, are are open to this. They they encourage this kind of inquiry. In indeed, in fact, I and, and the, the president、uh, Xi Jinping even says that、uh, they they like to have the first rate economists and thinking about those issues. So they are keenly aware of. Of of the of these development areas, right? Well, very interesting stuff, and I'm sure we'll、uh, we'll talk further about all this as you guys keep up this good work. Thank you both for your time. It was an interesting conversation, and I enjoyed it. And thank you, folks, for listening. And please return next month for another Economy Matters podcast. This has been a production of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. For more podcasts on this topic and others, please visit the Atlanta Fed's website at frbatlanta.org.